Good morning. This is uh, part eight of uh, the teaching series I'm doing uh, on Paul's letter to the Ephesians. In the last episode, we were looking at verses four through ten and looking about uh, like who we are now in Christ, you know, because of his great mercy and because of his love and because of his grace. We were dead. We were separated from him in our trespasses and sin, but God made us alive together in Christ. So here's his focus on his, his mercy, his grace, and his love, and what he's done. But he's not only made us alive together with Christ, he's raised us up with him, seated us with him in heavenly places. And really all that is for the purpose that God may show, or show and demonstrate his immeasurable riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And Paul's talking about who they were, not who they really are in Christ. And we talked about the importance of knowing who we are, our new identity, our new, our new position, new uh, perspective of, of all that and who we are. And um, and then we started looking at verse 8 through 10, and Paul reminds them it's about grace again, you know, in verse 8. And it's not your own doing. And remember, it's a gift of God. And really, he's emphasizing, don't forget this. Don't be naive. The enemy's going to try to get you to work for it and think it's about who you are, what you've done, instead of about what Christ has done for you in maintaining that humility and reality that, we're his. It's it's all his work. It's all his his goodness and his kindness toward us that we have any life in him at all, and that he takes pleasure in us and in what he's done in us. And so here's this this aspect. When it, when it, and, um, it's not about us boasting, but about uh, boasting in ourselves, but boasting in what God has done. And our life itself uh, should become. A great boast of what God has done in us and is doing in us right now. And we got into verse, started looking at verse uh, 10, where it talks about we're his workmanship. And God's, uh, God has, has uh, created us. He's, we're his craft, cra- craftsmanship. It's something he's worked on. And I shared about how even as I work on work, work uh, woodworking projects, there's this bigger vision purpose of what I'm looking to create and bring about. And I see all the pieces and I see the end vision and I'm intentional in shaping and making adjustments and bringing about the smaller pieces to bring about the bigger pieces that's a completed uh, uh, project that I'm working on. So God has this vision of who we're supposed to be and, um, and what he's creating us as not just individual but as people and as a bigger redemptive story. And he's intentional in all those things. He's not haphazard. He's working all of the things according to the counsel of his will. He's shaping all those things according to his purposes and using all those things to bring about his good purpose for us. And that is to be more like Christ and experience Christ's life in us. And so he's, 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 he's continually working that in us. And just as I take great pleasure in the process, not just the end product, the process, in shaping and bringing those pieces and seeing them fit together, uh, God takes pleasure in what he's doing in our life. He takes great pleasure. And because in the end, it really is going to show the immeasurable riches of his His kind, His grace and his kindness towards us. So that brings us back to the, uh, the, the point of, like, why did God make us alive in Christ? Why did he save us? Why did he raise us up and, and seat us with Christ in heavenly places, and why did God make us His piece of His His uh, workmanship, His His craftsmanship, uh, with these works that we're called to walk in with Him? Why did He do all this to show off His the His immeasurable riches of His grace and His kindness? See, we we are are trophies of God's grace. 
Not because of what we've done. It's not like we do it and we, we show off our works. No, we are a trophy of God's grace. See, we show off what God has done and what he's doing and what he's constantly working in us. And this shows what he's like. It shows his heart for, for us and for the world around us. So where do we put our trophies when we get them? And who sees them? Well, we put them in our home, right? But there's not many people get to see them. But where does God put his trophies? And who gets to see them? See, he puts his trophies in the world for the world to see the living trophies that are being created, that show, that show his grace, his mercy, and his love, and in turn show the richness of his grace and his kindness toward us, and that others can see that God could be rich in his kindness and his grace toward them. And today we're going to be doing is, we're going to be shifting over to, coming right back to verse 10, and talking about the workmanship again. We start, we talked about that, and just to give you a little background of where we were last last episode, but we're going to come back to verse 10 and, and talk a little bit more about that before we close out these uh, 10 verses here in chapter 2. And uh, the question is, what, 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 would, uh, what is another purpose of us being his workmanship that's been created in Christ Jesus? What's, what's another purpose? Is these works. He talks about these works that we would walk in them. These good works. Not just any works, but good works. The first thing I want to mention, you need to notice, it doesn't say these are, are, are good works were to, to work out. No, they're works that are prepared ahead of time for God for us to walk in. There's a huge difference between having to work things rather versus walking in things God has already prepared for us. We've already talked about what that word walk means as regards to seeing that in the scripture, like in verse 2 of chapter uh, 2, where he talks, in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air. And here he talks about we should walk in them, these good, these good works that God's prepared for us already. And that word walk, when it means, when it's used in the scriptures, it really means to live the whole of your life, you know, all the activities of one's life, to be occupied with something. And, and so he's talking about, so, you know, we were occupied in the course of this world. We were occupied, that's who we were, but now we're, we're supposed to be occupied in the works that God has already prepared for us. <clears throat> and so there's this contrast Paul's making between actually verse 1 and 2 and verse 10. Let's read those again. Verse 1 of chapter 2 says, And you were dead in the trespasses of your sin in which you once walked, following the course of the, this world, following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit is now at work in the sons of disobedience. He's saying you were you were you were occupied, you were once occupied, you were dead and you were occupied in these trespasses and these sins and you in following this these acts of disobedience and you were you were, you were fulfilling the lusts of your flesh and desires of mind. That's who you were. You were once occupied with it. That's what, how you used to walk. And then he goes, verse 10. Uh, we were his. We are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him that we should walk in them, that we should be occupied with them. So we were occupied in trespasses of sin and, and works of disobedience and the lusts and desires of the flesh and the mind, and we were controlled by them. We were dominated by them. But he says, "Now you're called to be occupied, 
to be thoughtful and, and devoted to these good works that God has prepared. So that's who you were, who you are now. See, this. there's these 10 verses here we've looked at. It's that's who you were, dead in your sins. That's who you were in your past before Christ. Now in Christ, this is who you are. But not only who you are, now you're called to be occupied with something completely different than you were before. So the question is, what are these good works we're to walk in? You know, uh, what does what does Paul mean by these good works here? And sometimes we think these these uh, good works has something to do with like the, our special gifting we might have. Like you know, uh, someone might be good at teaching, or someone might be good at music, and someone has these gifts, and it's to use the these these gifts at, at, at these scheduled church events that we've pre-planned. Like playing a piano, playing guitar, playing the drums in a church service, or teaching children in Sunday school. Now, the good works we are to walk in, they can't apply to this. But if that is all that we think of, then it's limited to just a select few of people, right? And so, um, and, and what, what shapes this kind of thinking is is our, our more modern view of church and Christianity is all, all centered around our Sunday morning church service or our midweek Bible studies, those kind of things. And we have these events that are planned and we see Christianity and the works being done within the walls of that institution, and, and that starts to shape it. And what does it? It makes this, it limits this uh, view of that where his workmanship, like that we have these works to walk in that God prepared for us beforehand. It's not just, it, it ends up being, it's a select fit, but no, it's all. All of this is who we were. We're now, we're all God's workmanship, individually and now part of a bigger community. So Paul is, is talking about everyone uh, having these works prepared beforehand. It's not meant just for a select few. It's meant for each of us in our everyday life to be occupied with living a lifestyle of good works that God prepared beforehand for us to be to be walking in, to be occupied with. Now, if you if we when we're going to go through the later part of the letter, I just want to touch on a few of them. With Paul starts to point out in chapters four, five, and six some practical application of what these good works look like in everyday life. And I'll just touch on a few, and we'll move on. And uh, if you look at chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, says, Paul writes, um, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in the manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Then there's verse 17 through 19. Now, I, now this I say, testify in the Lord, that you must... No longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. That's just a couple of verses here in in chapter 4, but Paul associates walking in good works with these character traits, walking in these character traits of humility, patience, and bearing with each other in in in, in unity, and he, uh, 
And he also associates these good works with having correct thinking and correct attitudes and avoiding being hard-hearted and uncaring or being motivated by our natural senses and greed. So he talks about these good works we're called to walk in are, are not these just these uh, special specific giftings and events we, we do on a Sunday morning or a midweek church service. No, in everyday living, we're called to live out these characters in the right kind of thinking. This, those are parts of the good works we're called to be occupied with. In chapter 5, verse 1 through 2, he said, Therefore, he says, Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. See, that's another one. A good work is self-sacrifice for the well-being of others. Here's the good works. These are the things we're called to be uh, occupied with. Verse 8 and 9 of chapter 5. For one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for fruit, of, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. So Paul talks here in chapter five about these good works that are rooted in some in the uh, the same kind of love and uh, self-sacrifice that Jesus uh, Jesus demonstrated with his own life, and, and, and he tells us good works involve working in all that is good and right and true, and having nothing to do with the unfruitful works of di- darkness. And then going into chapter 6, Paul will associate good works with how we live out the variety of different family and, and, and uh, family relationships, community relationships, and we, live, we walk those out, be occupied with living those, those relationships in a healthy way. Good works we walk in often involve our character, our values, our attitudes, and thinking that are transformed to be just like Jesus. And we're we're called to live those out in our everyday life to glorify God. And it shows and displays, it's a show of his immeasurable riches of his grace and his kindness towards us. Paul also tells us that there are these good works we are to be occupied with that have been prepared beforehand for us by God. What does that mean, prepared beforehand by God? See, God knows the end from the beginning, and he is not reactionary, like he's trying to figure out what to do in response to the events that are happening and the choices you've made at this moment. No, there's, there is not one thing that surprises him. <clears throat> there are no coincidences with God. Paul tells us earlier in Ephesians 1.11, God has predestined us according to the, his purposes and works all things according to the counsel of his will. And just as Calvary was not a reaction in response to something that happened in the garden that God did not expect. We, the church, his people, are not an afterthought on his part to try and fix something he didn't expect. No, no, no. See, we're God's original plan. The church has always been a part of God's original plan. You, me, us, the church, he purposed us for this time in history, in this place, for a specific good work he prepared for us to be a part of. And he has prepared specific good work before him for us to walk in with all the potential to, to excel and to not fail in what he's purposed, just like he did for Jesus. We are to walk in and carry on the same good works that Jesus did in the same way that Jesus did them. We know that Jesus walked in the good works of character and values and attitudes and, and the right kind of thinking like Paul mentions in chapters 4, 5, and 6, like I've already mentioned, 
And, and but, but there's something else. What, what other good works did Jesus walk in? I want to look at, at uh, chapter 10 of Acts. It's Acts 10, 38. And it reads, How God anointed Jesus of, Na- Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Yes, Jesus walked in those good works of character and value and attitudes and thinking. But as he lived everyday life, he he knew the Father was at work preparing some good work for him to do, some some good work for actually for him to walk in, a work that would bring the kingdom of God to bear into this world for others to experience the Father. God had prepared the good work for Jesus, and God had prepared Jesus and had filled and empowered him with the Holy Spirit, that Jesus was able to walk in that work in that moment of time and impact eternity. Now, if you look at uh, John chapter 5, this great story of Jesus healing uh, a man at the pool of Bethesda, and there's this subsequent dialogue that happens between Jesus and the religious leaders because of Jesus healing this man uh, on the Sabbath. And so Jesus responds, responds to the, um, the religious leaders and when they're asking, like, why are you doing this? And he says, my father is always working, and so am I. And then he also says, I can do nothing of myself. I can only do what I see my father doing. See, the father had prepared a work for him to do. And Jesus was, was saying he was watching for the work the father had prepared for him. And when he saw what the Father was doing, he walked in what the Father had prepared, the work for him to do. So he was occupied with this idea of like, the Father's at work. I know he's at work always there. And I am going to be also working with him as I walk in this world. See, I can't do anything on my own. I can't do anything on my own. See, I can only do what the Father's doing. So he was watching him and watching for that work that was prepared beforehand. And as he saw it, he walked in it and he was occupied in finishing that work. And Jesus also says to them, and by the way, the Father loves me and is going to show me even greater works to walk in. So you are amazed. He's basically saying, my Father has more prepared works for me to walk in and he is working to bring people and events together so I can walk in the work he's prepared for me. And the Father and I are doing this that you may marvel at what God has done. So who's our model for walking in the good works that God has prepared ahead of time for us? Jesus is. And Jesus, in John uh, 20, 21, after his resurrection... He shows up with the disciples and he tells them, Peace be with you. As my Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. See, just as Jesus was sent, so he was sending them. Those Paul's writing to them in Ephesians and he's saying, You're called to do these good, walk in these good works that God's prepared ahead of time. And so he says it to us also. And just as Jesus was sent, empowered by the Holy Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit, and led by the Father, to do those good works, we're called to do the same thing in the same manner. And then if you go and read John 14, 12, it tells us whoever believes in Jesus will also do the works that he does and and even greater works because Jesus is going to the Father. 
See, if we believe in Jesus, we're to be doing the same good works Jesus did and even greater works. I know that blows blows my mind. I know I'm sure probably hearing you're probably hearing that and saying, I'm not, how am I going to do that? He says, as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. There's good works that he's prepared ahead of time for Jesus. He's good, there's good works prepared ahead of time for us to, to be a part of, to walk in. Let's not focus on trying to do these greater works, trying to figure out, like, what are these greater works? We just can look at the scriptures and see the works Jesus did and ask the Father to show us what he's doing and enabling us by the power of the Spirit to do the very works Jesus did, starting with the character, starting with the value and the attitudes and the right kind of thinking even down to the very works of healing and seeing people experience the goodness of God and the kingdom breaking into their life. So there, so we have to remember, there, the, Paul is saying this, you have to remember, it's not just a good work he's done in you, but there's a good work he's looking to do through you to work in your call to walk, be occupied with being a part of God's plan. And so these good works are where one uses their giftings uh, that, that that happen like when we have these giftings of teaching or an instrument playing an instrument or music or things that we're, 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 we're used those in the church events and the schedule events that happen in the structures that happen within our church setting yes we can do those good works those are part of it and then there's the good works of the character and the values and attitudes and the correct kind of thinking that Paul speaks of in chapters 4 through 6 that were to be lived out in everyday life and be occupied about living those things as we encounter people. Those are the good works that express God's goodness through us. And it happens in those different kinds of relationships from our family relationship to work relationships to, uh, to church relationships. But there's also the good works that flow out of this daily intimate relationship that, that Jesus had, just like he was with the Father, where, where he was watching, he was aware that, and he was knowing that the Father had some good works prepared ahead of time. And every day walking, living, knowing that the Father loved him. We call, we, he wants us to know he loves us. And there's this good work, good work that he's prepared already before, before, before this day. We're called to walk in and to be occupied with doing those works that impact people for eternity. And we know that if the Father has prepared a good work for us, we know He has also prepared us and filled us and empowered us with the Holy Spirit. And that we were meant to walk in that good work in that moment of time, bringing healing to the world He's placed us in and make an impact for eternity. Now, why would we, Paul, Paul would be really emphasizing this, this, the, these, uh, this, these verses 1 through 10 here to these pagan, this, this background? You know, he's, he's, he's reminding them, see, it's, it, with that pagan background of fate, and they had no choice, and their choices did not matter, and there was no significance of being part of something bigger than themselves. And, 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 the, and, 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 and here, Paul makes a point to say, you were dead, you were separated from the God, the creator of all things, but he has now made you alive. He's reconciled him to, to yourself. He's, he's made you alive in Christ. He's raised you up to sit with him, seated in heavenly place with him, above every other authority, power, dominion, or rule, or name there is, that Christ says you're with him. And then you're called to be a display, a demonstration of his, the riches of his kindness. And remember, you're, you're saved by grace through faith. It's not your own doing. It's a gift. It's not your work. It's you're not supposed to boast. And just and with all that, God did all this to help you understand that you are a part of His plan from before time began. 
You're his craftsmanship. Individually, he's brought you together. Uh, individually, he's, he's brought your life back in, in tune with him. And, and together as community, he's brought you together. And that workmanship of being the body of Christ together. And we're called, there's this good work ahead of time that we're called to walk. And he's reminding them that your choices do matter right now before you weren't an active participant in the works of the gods of the pagan gods. And he's saying, no, God has purpose for before time that you are part of his eternal plan to be used to display the goodness of his, of his kindness and his riches, the riches of his grace and his kindness towards humanity. So Paul wants them to realize that. Move from this idea of fate, your choice don't matter, uh, and there's no significance to your life, you're not in a part of something bigger, but the grass, let this take hold. You were taken from that kind of world, brought into the reality of, of God, the creator of all things, who has purposed these things before time. And now live life. Your choices matter here, being participant with what God is doing in this world today with others that don't know God yet. And now with that, Paul wants them to know who, who doesn't want us to be aware of, who we, aware of who we really are in Christ. The devil, he doesn't want us to understand that. He doesn't want us to know who Christ is in us. He doesn't want us to know the significance of our calling in Christ. And the devil is working for us not to see that. So in turn, we won't see and watch for what the Father is doing. So we will miss out on doing the good works that God prepared for us to walk in. If we do not understand that God's plan for us is important or that it matters to him, we're going to believe that we're not important and that we do not matter to him. And we will not pursue his will. We will not be watchful for what he's doing. The opposite is true as well, though. See, God sets us up for success. He prepares the good works ahead of time. See, there's these divine operations happening. He's, he's intentionally connecting and intersecting us with people and timing. And for us, and, and, and he's doing this so there's potential to excel and not feeling what he's, what he's purposed for us. See, the life of good works has been prepared for believers to do from all eternity, from before time began. And here is the further reason why Christians have, have nothing to boast about. Even the good works that we think that are, we're walking and doing, their source is in God, who made them all possible. First of all, making us alive with us, making us alive with Him, filling us with His Holy Spirit, empowering us, Him bringing these things, working all these things according to the purpose of His will. See, this is all made possible by Him. It's all to the glory of His goodness and grace. See, God wants to restore our fractured view of him. He's not some ogre whose begrudges doing things for us, but he's a loving father who desires, desires us and he takes pleasure in us. And, and he takes pleasure in giving us the kingdom and enabling us to walk in the fulfillment of the good works he's predestined for us uh, to, to be a part of his plan. Now, Paul's writing it to these believers 2,000 years ago, trying to get them to understand who they are in Christ and what God is, who God is in them and what he's purposed for them from the very beginning. And we're reading it now. And here's why the prayer is so significant in, in chapter 1. Paul is not just teaching them, trying to get them to intellectually understand this. He's looking for God to do a work in them that this becomes their life. 
This is who they become, not something they just think about and say, these. oh, this is wonderful to know. No, he wants their life to change and be shaped completely differently so they experience the abundant life that was meant for them in Christ from the very beginning. And that's why that prayer is so important where he prays, and I'm going to pray that for you as we close this, that, that, the, God, the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and knowledge of him, and having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards you who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Until next week, be blessed.